Welcome to a very special installment of the Adelan Rising podcast. Uh, today, we are joined by Amy Reeder and Brandon Montclair, uh, the same team who created the acclaimed hit Rocket Girl from Image Comics, and have teamed up with Natasha Bustos and Tamara Bonvillain to bring us a critically acclaimed and uh, New York Times bestseller, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. So thank you guys for joining us. Um, we're going to have uh, Doc lead off with our questions, I guess. We'll just jump right into it. So Lunella Lafayette is one of the more original and refreshing new characters I've encountered in a long, long while. Can you two speak about what inspired her? Um, well, we we were we were talking to uh, Mark Panitia, our editor, um, about possibly doing a project with Marvel. Uh, we had talked about wanting to do something that was a little off the beaten path, primarily because we wanted control over it. Um, you know, maybe a new character, maybe a character nobody cares about, um, and, uh, you know, do something really special with it. And I, I guess Mark Panitia is a really big fan of Devil Dinosaur, so that was kind of like the first thing he brought up and kind of the main thing he brought up. Um, and I didn't care about that. Brandon thought that was cool. I, I don't know any, like, continuity stuff. You know, I'm really bad with that sort of thing. And I, I will admit that I uh, was not a dinosaur fan going into this. Like, I mean, it's not like I'm like, I hate dinosaurs, but, you know, it wasn't really on the forefront of my mind. I understand. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then he was like, well, and I was thinking also that, like, you know, there used to be a moon boy who's actually just like a caveman that uh, Devil Dinosaur hangs around with, but we could co- create, like, a new character and put him in modern day with a moon girl. Um, and so, of course, that made me more interested and I'm sure Brandon thought that was pretty cool and uh I just immediately I had I had a character in mind uh that I was going to do for my own story um that was actually an adult but she was pretty much Lanella she's a black woman who would roller skate around the city uh kind of inspector gadgety and uh fight crime uh so it made sense to just make a kid version. Sorry, Brandon. I'm just like, blah, 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 blah. But you probably have things to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, Amy's got a lot to say on the back. No, it's true. Um, as you know, Not to, Amy went over pretty quickly. It, it's There's an appeal to doing the characters that um, nobody else wants because, you know, the, again, they let you do what you want. You can do very different things. So as much as there's a property devil dinosaur in Marvel's mind, sure, you want to replace uh, you want to replace uh, him into want to put him in modern times and not in dinosaur world that's all right you want to introduce a new character you can do that too and it really did become over time it started as devil dinosaur i mean people always say oh it's a remake of devil dinosaur and moon boy but that's kind of an after the fact analysis of it because moon boy was never a title character you know it was always just devil dinosaur and our book it's funny when i still go through the files right um Everything's labeled Devil Dinosaur, Devil Dinosaur number one, Devil Dinosaur number two. Oh, now I'm working on number 19, so it's Devil Dinosaur number wow. 19 just kind of on my uh, desktop folders, right? Because this book started as Devil Dinosaur, right? And then it became Devil Dinosaur and Moon Girl. And so that's cool. They're going to put her in the title, and then it became Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. And all due that's respect. That's a good point. My, my folders yeah. say Devil Dino too. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and all due respect to our, you know, our co-star, the big red Tyrannosaurus Rex, it's become Lunella's book, right? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and that way you're proud because it really did create a new character, which is so infre- infrequently done. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's been a lot of fun to be able to work on it. And, and, and you yeah. know, 
that people have supported it have been great. Because... So, yeah, I think. She, oh, go ahead. Oh, so actually, my I, question was: I think that's really great, but you just mentioned you're working on book number nineteen. Did you think you would get nineteen issues going when you first started this? Yeah, honestly, no. It's you know, it's 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 the way things are now. They say it's ongoing, but you're really a miniseries until you prove otherwise. Yeah. And um, you know, so you always worry that you're not. Uh, it'll be embarrassing if we only get to six. Um, mm-hmm. If we make it to ten, that'll be pretty cool. Um, you know, two arcs basically, or six or twelve. We do. Six issue arc, so I guess you do it. Mm-hmm. Twelve would have been kind of, you know, a surprise. But now that you know, yeah, exactly a success. But you know, once we got into the third arc, and 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 now that the fourth arc's going and beyond that, even seems to be a, a good path for it. It's been pretty exciting. Yeah, like you know, I say, I've said this before. Jack Kirby only got nine issues out of Devil Dinosaur. We've uh, we've lapped him. So yep. pretty cool. Nice. <laughs> it's interesting that that. Uh... That Lunella or the Moon Girl uh, sort of arose after the fact because she really has become the breakout character of the series, um, especially in regards to just how smart she is and the hard time she has being recognized and appreciated mm-hmm. for who she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of the kids I know who are especially capricious in their intellectual development, mm-hmm. they often struggle with the process of being able to understand complicated yeah. matters before yeah. they have the wisdom or emotional capacity to cope with them. Do you, do you think this is something Lunella has also struggled with? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, that's a big theme that I actually kind of forgot to say when we were talking about developing the character, it was, you know, that's part of her is that she, uh, she's smart, but probably not like as socially intelligent. Um, and that really lends itself to having this pairing with uh, Double Dinosaur, because she doesn't understand people, but uh, she, so this dinosaur is really the thing, the person or such that, like, you know, brings her into having a social life and understanding, like, creatures at all. Um, So, yeah, yeah, that's a big theme. Uh, I, you know, with a lot of the dialogue, it's like, you know, you mix in, you, you know, you have all this technical talk. She sounds almost like an adult, but then it's mixed in with things like you big dummy, you know? <laughs> so it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's, it's, no, definitely, it, it's, yeah. it's definitely the team up that you have where she's smart, but, you know, what, where would she be without the the most mindless creature, you know, you know the, that could certainly star in a Marvel book, right? And, and, and through no fault of his own, you know what I mean? It's not like, oh, it's Benjamin Grimm and he's a big dummy. It's uh, you know, he's a Tyrannosaurus Rex. He wasn't he wasn't designed to be smart. Um, but you know, yeah, obviously you want to make them. In a way, you say, well, it's a team book. You want them to make each other better. But I think Devil Dinosaur is really there. Um, you know, from story. Oh no! Uh, you know, help Lunella. Learn something about herself and learn something about him. So, Brandon, I think you cut out just a little bit there. Oh, oh sorry, my back or my am I gone? You're back. You're there. Yeah, okay. you're back. Yeah. If you have if you have other windows open on your desktop, it sometimes interferes. I'm sure I have forty open. So we start from. <laughs> that will do <laughs> it. Uh, so that brings us to the next question that I was going to ask and have promptly forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, um, when, when is when, Brandon, are you back? I'm back. Yes. Okay. So as I understand it, and this might not be the case because you can never really, uh, depend on 
news you read on the internet. But my understanding was that in the original pitch for Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, you guys did not have Lunella as an inhuman, and that perhaps neither of you were especially keen on having to incorporate the Inhumans arc into the story. Is that right? No, I had to say no because it's kind of right, but I got it got me in trouble last time because it's uh, easily misunderstood. Um, in yeah, tr- it was. Yeah, it wasn't like you know we were fighting against our will, or or you know that they were fighting against our will. They were just like we'd like you know her to be an Inhuman, and we made it work. Uh, but we always so we've kind of incorrectly like given people the impression that there's this huge directive or something. It was more that like, you know, it wasn't what we had planned to do. And, but like, you know, we brainstormed because, you know, when you work for a corporation, like, you know, you want to make them happy. They've got their whole (laughs) universe going and that's the whole point. That's why you're there is to work with them or you could go off and do your own thing. So it wasn't like a huge thing, but, but we ended up making it even more appropriate um, for our character and that's why we talk about it, like, because we thought, you know, the best way to handle this is to make it kind of a disability more than, like, a power. Right, Brandon? Yes. Yeah, like, as, like as, with Amy, it's it's true. Amy and I have done, obviously, Rocket Girl before and, and other things and have been able to find success, quote, doing our own thing, unquote. You know what I mean? Um, so the reason you want to work at Marvel is... You want to take advantage of all of those things. And so, yeah, at first it, it didn't involve the inhuman angle. Uh, honestly, all the way back then, it was kind of like an Iron Man story. And it was the reason it was an Iron Man story is because our editor was, at the time, the Iron Man editor also. So Tony Stark was going to play a little bit more of a role. But it, it was such a different book, and it was so early in development that the inhuman stuff came in. It was, um, yeah, exactly. So it, it became natural. And became, how do we connect it to the Marvel Universe? Well, we have a lot of inhuman stories that we want to tell and that we are telling. So does it fit into there? And it did become, yeah, not a handicap, but something cool. And I think, like I said, where it gets a little bit misinterpreted, there was at some point saying, Oh, you know, uh, you have to make her inhuman. Well, what if she didn't want to be an inhuman? You know what I mean? And because, um, we were kind of conscious, not as much as we, as much as Amy and I will admit, and everyone will admit, we'd love to follow the success of Ms. Marvel, right? You want to be a little bit, you want to be a little bit different than Ms. Mala, than Ms. Than Ms. Mala, than Ms. Marvel, than Ms. Marvel. Yeah, exactly. Than Ms. Marvel and Kamala was somebody who always wanted to be a superhero, and even though she didn't go necessarily running into the cloud to become an Inhuman, mm-hmm. she kind of you, you know, and it was and there was uh, obviously the first you know couple moments of horror. She really embraced it. So a lot of it was just like, well, how do we do something the exact opposite of uh, mm-hmm. of that, which is somebody who 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 really wants to resist. Uh, change and does she want to resist change because being a superhero is bad of course not so that kind of played into everything where it's like well it's just kind of a fear of growing up a fear of change she is um you know as has been shown later the 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 smartest person in the world but you know also has a lot of anxieties and things that she would worry about and her losing control is kind of something that i think she always equated with the with the inhuman transformation that she knew would be inevitable so yeah, yeah whatever the the 
you guys incorporated it just brilliantly, I think. Um, the whole story arc of her trying to avoid the, the Terrigen Cloud, of, uh, to somehow get away from her inhumanity, it was, it was a really neat story. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and, yeah, so that's why I said, you know, to say that we resisted it, it's, 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 it's actually not really accurate because, yeah, so much of it, so much of the story revolved around it, right? So it's, it became yeah. the entire first arc, which, you know, I, I, I don't want to speak for Amy, but I'm very proud of, you know, so. Well, oh, yeah. Should, and, um, I guess we should probably mention that the whole storyline involves, um, like the idea of the inhuman thing. We tried to make it totally appropriate, appropriate to the title. And that made us like it even more, you know, it's just basically like, you know, they are switching brains, which is pretty fun. You know, it's like this whole Freaky Friday thing, but with a dinosaur. It's great. So, yeah, it's been pretty fun. I feel like we should mention it in case anybody's not, you know, reading it who's listening. But, um, yeah, that's become its own part of the plot that still doesn't really, like, distract from the plot. It only kind of brings them closer and farther away in different ways. So, yeah. Yeah, it really is yeah. a slow burn with the Inhuman stuff because she doesn't have it for six issues, and then as soon as she gets it, it's still only happening infrequently, uh, where where she switch brains with Devil Dinosaur. And is it and is that power going to evolve and change into something else? Does it mean something else? Maybe. Yeah, you got to stay tuned. So can't yeah, wait. But, um, I would love to. Ask yeah, she doesn't. You know, it's, that, it's, know. you know, it's great to see her. Uh, she's going to play a role in uh, Inhumans versus X Men. She's obviously just been announced in Secret Warriors, which is the Inhuman team. But she doesn't consider herself an Inhuman, right? So what does that mean? So hopefully we've given uh, not just ourselves, but any other creators who are working with Inhumans at large a little bit something uh, different to play with, right? Somebody who who, um, who hasn't embraced it, who in fact rejects it, who would side philosophically in Inhumans versus X-Men with the X-Men, right? Even though she's an Inhuman. So, going, yeah, that was all very consciously done. Very cool. Um, so going back um, on to the um, uh, have meeting the success for Miss Marvel, I would think that uh, with all with Lunell expanding out into the broader Marvel universe, I would say that that's a pretty successful. And going into nineteen issues, I guess you guys uh, are it's not close. You're getting there, and uh, the amount of especially when I was at NYCC. Um, the amount of uh, Moon Girl cosplayers we saw. Uh, so I, I think you guys are getting pretty close to that. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. And it's it's like I said, um, Marvel's been doing a lot of uh, characters like that um, and finding different ways just to connect with the core audience. But new audiences also, Squirrel Girl being a huge success uh, in trade paperbacks and Scholastic and stuff like that. Yeah, hopefully, um, yeah. you know, if it weren't for... Ms. Marvel and Squirrel Girl. I don't know that we would have uh, 19 issues of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Hopefully, no, they really paved yeah. the path, didn't they? So, yeah. and, ho- and hopefully, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur helps. You know, um, you know, the Unstoppable Wasp and everything else that's you know. Yeah. Going so, you know. Wasp and Riri. I can't wait yeah, exactly. for that issue. I'm so excited for Riri and Moon Girl. <laughs> I cannot wait. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty exciting. What does that come out? Does that come out this month? That's January's issue. So we have, uh, okay. yeah. Cool. This month is the thing. Yep. Which I'm also looking forward to. Yeah, that's oh, a lot. Oh, of that. oh, for us, yeah. yeah, yeah. I meant like, uh, I meant the Riri, uh, like Ironheart. When does that start releasing? That release. Oh, that oh, started releasing last month. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, I, I gotta get on that. It, the first issue is great, and the second issue I think comes out on the twenty eighth. So cool. Okay, I need to I need to go in and find that for sure. Yeah, it's so. pretty good. Cool. Actually, the first issue was uh, was much more um, kind of painful than I was expecting it to be. It's, oh. it's quite a, a, yeah. a poignant and touching story with a lot of tragedy involved. Oh, yeah, man. it was it was a little bit more. Um, yeah, yeah Brandon's wanna... so up to date compared to me. Ah, I feel bad. <laughs> no, I mean, but go on, Brandon. Was... Sorry. No, I mean, I don't. I don't know if we're doing spoilers or what. I mean, it's a month old, so maybe you're not doing spoilers. But some of the some of the content, it's certainly not. Um... Not what you were expecting. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I was. Ex- you know, I was. You know, I don't know that I was expecting an all ages book. You know what I mean? Um, right. But it, no, it's it's not it's not for. You, know, you can say it's not for kids, but that's a book I would have read when I was a kid too. So who, who am I fooling? You know what I mean? It's um, it's interesting working on Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur and say, oh, it's great for a ten year old. And I was ten years old. I was reading Savage Sword of Conan and, and Dark Knight Returns. You know? So it's uh, it it, it it's, but it, were I guess you it takes normal? <laughs> that's the question. I, yeah, yeah, I think I, I think I think I was. I mean, you know what? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's different because you know, uh, um, you know, it, it's. It, you know, maybe maybe boys in general read different things than girls in general, but I don't know a lot of kids who are you know said who are ten who read stuff about ten year olds. You know what I mean? I think I think it always skews a little older, but whatever. <laughs> Long tangent. But yeah, but like I said, Reed Williams and uh, the Wasp and, and Lunella and even Amadeus Cho, uh, all these new characters who are kind of science and STEM based. It's been really cool, and um, it's uh, everyone's picking them up, and hopefully. It's um, they're all supporting each other. It's kind of like a movement, you know, in, in the Marvel universe. It's fun to be a part of it. Yep. I really enjoyed the scene where Lunella got to meet Miss Marvel, and she was so intent on coming off as cool and competent, <laughs> and yet De- Devil Dinosaur and his you know cumbersome and embarrassing behavior had gotten the way of her making a good impression. It was so embarrassing to her. And I could just absolutely <laughs> relate to Lunella in that moment. It, it, We've it all almost, been it there. Was so, it was so powerful. I feel like it had to have been based on a real life experience. Is that <laughs> possible? Oh. Well, I don't know. Brandon, do you have one, an example? I, I know that for me, like that was my whole ninth grade experience in high school was <laughs> Just being annoying and just think, try, keep trying to say something funny or something cool that would make everybody forgive me. And that was definitely Moon Girl's attitude was like, you know, I'm just going to see her one more time and I'm going to fix all this, you know, <laughs> but it always makes it worse. It does. Yeah. I, I think we've all been there. It's yeah. the story of my life. <laughs> and, and it's, yeah, it's, it's the first job I had in comics was for Tokyo Pop. And um, the, like I said, and I was an intern. And so as an intern, you do kind of everything. So if I'm uh, proofreading a lot of the shoujo, where it's all um, romance and comedy of errors, where it's just like, oh, if only, you know, they knew something, the other ones. There's always a bit of missing information or embarrassment or, or, or stuff like that. And I, I, so I always want to put a little of that into um, the, the Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur book. And, and that scene in particular, uh, or that, you know, those series of scenes, where it's just like I said, oh, you know, she she hates me, she hates me, and it's not you know not that they're in love, uh, but that it was that kind of he- replacing a romantic uh, uh, problem with that hero worship problem, right? 
Um, right. and, and coming from Lunella, who never, oh, I don't need to be a superhero. I'm the smartest person. I'm, you know, I don't need anyone else. I'm, the, you know, as soon as she could have a connection with a real person, uh, she wants to go for it. And it's the double tragedy, right? Where it's not even she loses out with, um, uh, in her mind, she loses out with Kamala, but also she kind of ruins her relationship that she built so much with, with Devil Dinosaur by blaming him and saying, oh, I can't believe you ruined it. And like, you know, you, oh, you know, like almost, you know, she needed somebody else to blame. So the one person who's there for her, the one person who doesn't ignore her, the one person who doesn't get annoyed or ever fed up or ever it's too much and needs a bit of space, she constantly pushes away. And again, that's pretty, we do that pretty consciously also. Oh, and I like it. And I also like that you've, you've taken Devil Dinosaur, the, the Jack Kirby version, and you kind of infused him with Clifford, the big red dog. Right, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> And it's he's he's this wonderful uh, sort of id version of Lunella. So she's all intellect and he's all raw emotiveness, and uh, the two of them are just great together. Aw, thanks. Yeah, and I, I'll mention like because Brandon mentioned the whole shojo thing. I feel like that's been kind of a theme with our book, like like even you know using all those romantic tropes but applying them to friendship was like a big thing with Moon girl and double dinosaur themselves building their relationship and having that strain before they became friends, you know, so that you just wanted them to get together. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. A lot of those things, there's like the scene early on where, um, you know, she tells him to go away. Right. Um, he looks so sad. (laughs) And he's so sad. And then she gets kidnapped. So she kind of calls for him and he thinks, Oh, we're going to be friends again. But no, she's gone. She really did leave me, so she doesn't realize. And not only does does a friendship not happen, right? But she's kidnapped by the the caveman killer folk, and it's like next to it. Yeah, so that, it's funny because yeah, there's a lot of romance comics tropes. I rarely get in trouble for, you know, I, I usually read comic books uh, sitting next to my wife, and she's doing her thing, and and, and I I was reading it, and I started laughing out loud so. <laughs> When one of the killer folks shows up and he's got, she's got a handbag as a hat. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. For yeah. some reason, that just murdered me. <laughs> it, which brings me to the next question. You guys have been working with with Natasha Bustos and, and Tamara yeah. Bonvillain, and the the art and details and facial expressions has brought it all to life so well. It's like you guys have an excellent synergy. What's it been like working with these two? I mean, it must be uh, pretty wild. I I think that we're just like so privileged to be able to work with, with these two. Like, um, yeah, you know, it's like Natasha, she just can do anything you throw at her. And I mean, it is not easy. I can tell you from doing the covers. Um, it is not easy to orchestrate anything involving a small girl and a giant dinosaur. Like it is really <laughs> hard to orchestrate any kind of scene. Uh and then, and then in addition, because it's a dinosaur, you're often outdoors, uh, which creates its own, uh, you know, ball of problems. You're drawing a bunch of cityscapes. You're drawing a bunch of crowd scenes. Um, it's really insane what she's able to deliver every month, you know. Um, and and Tamara like brings out so much amazingness in Natasha's art, like the just the idea that. I, I don't know, like, there's so many things I didn't see until she colors them, there's, there's, she just kind of has this amazing, um, discernment of what needs to be on there, but yeah, yeah, I feel really lucky that we've got Natasha on the team, she's, like, 100%, 
into the character Moon Girl. She feels really invested in her, and I think I think that uh, actually makes it better because of that. Like uh, just coincidentally, um, like because we designed her before Natasha came on board, but like Natasha was showing us pictures of her at her like you know nine year old birthday party. And she looked just like Lunella. She even had like the same glasses. And she, I think oh, she was wearing neat. like a bow tie or something funny. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like I, I feel like all these things and just us all being invested <sighs> makes a difference. But it's, but I mean, of all the people who are doing the most work on the book and are the most invested in it, it's Natasha, you know, she, and she'll design a lot of really interesting things that you could even miss, you know, that that just because she cares that much about it. Yeah, I, I, was, thinking, uh, I was just going to say in reverse order, get back to Tamara. Um, you know, she was suggested by the editor. Um, and uh, I don't think I, I was super familiar with her stuff. I said, oh, I looked at it. But Natasha is kind of able to do her own colors and has her own approach. Uh, she wouldn't be able to do it on the monthly schedule. So I don't think... Tamara at all colors the way Natasha would color herself, if that makes any sense. Like sometimes you can see, you know, a lot of colorists and pencilers have worked together for a long time because they're simpatico or they have that kind of relationship. But Tamara really brought her own vision of color to this book. And it is very um, striking and it's could have been too much, you know, but it really became uh, so necessary to the entire part of the process and such a strong um, component of it that, and that's like I said, that's all you know. And she gets feedback, obviously, from Amy and uh, Natasha. And in a way, it's hard because it's hard enough working with one artist where you're accepting feedback. Some colorists, you know, they'll just wait for the editor's notes. They're not going to really be open and listen yeah. to the to the line artists. But to to not just get Natasha's notes, but also get I Amy's sometimes. notes because yeah. yeah, because Amy's like, well, you know, because you're dealing with two artists in a way, or maybe one and a half. I'm uh, a pain. It's, it's I'm a, a pain. I don't know. Yeah, I, and you know, and just I the know way, yeah, and just the way comics are these days, it's always uh, it's always a race to get the book out the door, and the colorist is the last one to touch it, right? So um, she's a she's a trooper, and we'll get all the stuff done, and we'll incorporate everyone's notes, and uh, you know, are and and starts with in such a strong position that it's really great to have her. So it's, it's like, yeah, it's almost I, you know, yeah. this happens sometimes with colorists where they become almost like a junior editor on the thing where they're in there and they're fixing it and they're making sure everything holds together. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah. And then with Natasha, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, it's Amy, Amy definitely will agree with this. I don't like ever talking for her, but you know, comics is, is artist first. The, the artist has to be the quarterback of the team. It has to be Natasha's book. So we just kind of try to set her up to succeed um, but in doing that, there's, it's very hard things to draw and that she's been able to, uh, keep, you know, keep on schedule. And there's been a couple of fill-ins, but that's more like just directions of the book than it is Natasha. I mean, if, if we, you know, if, if we had a bit of, um, of a head start and more stuff approved, I'm pretty sure Natasha could turn out, you know, 12 issues a year instead of the 10 or 11 that she winds up doing. Um, and just with the quality and, and the enthusiasm, and like Amy says, the things that she adds, the little inventions, the little background stories. It's, it's great stuff. Uh, and contributes to a book that you cannot just read, but reread, which is important to, to me. Yes, it's a good reread. I will agree with that. You know, speaking of that same sort of charrette, everyone's involved approach, I feel like one of my favorite non-characters in the book has been Lunella's bedroom. <laughs> um, 
Uh, that bedroom is the best from the solar system mobile, the ultra suave poster of Neil Tyson Degrassi. It's Ooh. all fantastic. I could, I could hold, Love I could it. deal with a whole issue where they're in that, in that bedroom. Is, is that something that you guys all kind of work together to create or is that all Miss Bustos? I mean, there was some, uh, the, the, the mobile was, you know, in the story because the first, uh, the first panel, you know, we start out seeing planets, but it's actually in a room. So that, I mean, that was kind of something that we had to communicate. And we did talk about the Neil deGrasse Tyson poster, which we had to go and, uh, we had to get approval from him, um, to have that in there. Uh, but, but I mean, she puts everything else is all her, you know, like, putting in lots of really interesting de- details. And actually, I love her bedroom, too. I think it's amazing. And I've had other people comment on it and how, like, uh, there should be a whole discussion of, like, what's in everybody's bedrooms, you know, and, and what do you think of this and stuff like that. But, but uh, yeah, uh, I actually, I don't know, like, in a cover that's going to come out soon. Um, I was going to say, yeah. You, you, I, I got I, to draw it, and it was yeah. really fun. Like, uh, yeah, I got to draw her bedroom. Yeah, we can't, and, I, we can't, and I wanted to, yeah. like. I came up with the concept because I wanted so badly to do it, and it was so hard. There were so many details in it, but yeah, I say, yeah. I say you can't quite announce what's happening in the bedroom because it hasn't been announced. Yeah, for, for the story, but he's yeah. like, "Stop, Amy, stop!" No, I just like, <laughs> I, like I said, it's, it's the magic of a of a of a of a you know of editing could also have fixed it, but um, yes. as I said, just I wanted, I was like, yeah, I was nervous. Amy's gonna say who the guest star is. You can't say it, but. Uh, the important thing being that, yeah, Amy's like, oh, I have to draw something in her bedroom I've been wanting to do the whole time. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, that certainly inspired me. You know, it, it's certainly when you're opening on a bedroom with a brand new character, um, creatively, it's important to say this is going to establish the character. So, in a sense, it's it's like I say, it's what I do a lot with um, just Amy on Rocket Girl, where I'm the only one writing it, and Amy's obviously drawing it. Um, it's, it's give Natasha again, the, that opportunity to use a bedroom to really, uh, explain who this character is. And you throw some ideas at it, but it really comes to the artist to, to, to make it happen visually. But knowing that that bedroom is going to be important and then her executing such a good job on it, you're allowed to do the subtle thing a few issues later when Lunella's trying to say, oh, I've changed. I'm going to be the good person that everybody thinks I yeah. am. And then you open the door and it's a rainbow unicorn and it's all, you know what I mean? It's, it's all the, it's all the things that, um, you know, a, a typical, a typical girl, what her mother would call a typical, typical girl might have, you know what I mean? It's short lived, but, uh, even, well, even she realizes that you can kind of present something by the room that you're in and people will think, uh, something about you. So. Yeah. Well, and also, like, I mean, I think an important thing when you're writing for a kid and, you know, a lot of this kind of comes sliding back when you're trying to do it is uh, there's certain places and, and forums that kids like it's the world to them. Like school is the world to them. We we've been so far out of it that like it doesn't make this huge deal. But that's that is your social circle, whether you like it or not. Your bedroom is just like a huge deal. You know what I mean? When you're a kid, like now I put a lot less thought into that sort of thing and I still put a lot of thought in it. But like, yeah, your bedroom is really important. The bathroom at school is important. Like, like the kitchen table with your parents. It's like you don't really have as many experiences. So all of these things are like super duper acute and they are your world. 
So we try to keep that childhood world going because as smart as she might be, she's still a kid. So good. So <clears throat> I myself and an un I'm an unrepentant Lego maniac. <laughs> and, and I greatly appreciate how central Lego was to the Cosmic Cooties story arc. Which one of you two is a fellow Lego maniac, if not both? That would be Brandon. Well, the, yeah, go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's something that, you know, is Lego, uh, it took a lot of approvals and then, uh, obviously really? we did it. Obviously we did it. And the Lego was in there. And then there was, a, you know, I, I'm trying to, I, we were hoping that it could be a little bit more of a public embrace of Lego, uh, as it was happening. Now it's like the trade, maybe more of that kind of publicity angle will fall together. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a natural fit. We wanted to be, um, first Lego League is a real thing, right? Where a bunch of kids, um, design Lego stuff and, uh, it's, uh, you know, they all have a competition at the Javits Center. So that kind of through line is something that really happens, right? Uh, so for her to, you know, to kind of incorporate that kind of real, and it's a New York thing in my mind, and it's a thing that a lot of, um, like I said, the, uh, you know, uh, the, some of the poorer neighborhoods, uh, it, you know, uh, uh, it's an opportunity and there's a lot of funding involved in it, and it's really a STEM outreach program, engineering outreach program. Um, that just seemed really cool to put into it. I, I think everybody played with Legos when they are kids. I'm sure Andy did, too. I have a seven-year-old. Uh, so a little bit. My brother was yeah. into it, and I wanted to be the opposite. So most of my yeah. Lego experience has been with your daughter. There you go. And like I said, so See, I, I, I didn't play with Legos either as a kid. Okay. I I was into Transformers. So. Uh, well, there you go. So, so I guess I'm wrong. But my like I said, my seven-year-old plays with a lot of Legos, so I'm uh, more uh, hip to it now too. And it's just. It's I thought different it again, though now yeah. that you get these kits and you put them together and there's instructions. That's true. Like That's I don't true. remember Legos really being like that when I was a kid. Yeah, I don't either. Actually, now I think about it. Well, it starts yeah. off that way, and then you can do whatever you want. Um, I, I'm a I'm a child psychologist. I've got a bunch of Legos in the office, and they are wonderful tools for facilitating the work. I can only mm. imagine. I'm going to start using that on Brandon's daughter. Just like get a get a lot of information out of her because I'm sure that's what child psychology is. I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's all about pumping for information. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. even though Lunella kinds of hate him, hates him, I have to admit that I loved Melvar or Kid Cree. Yeah. yeah. Um, his being such an entitled, underachieving daydreamer made him the perfect foil for Lunella and yeah. the. When it turns out that he had fallen in love with her, it just, uh, it was so wonderful. Uh, ah. Any chance we might see uh, Kid Cree show up in future issues of uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur? Well, well, I for one think there should be a Kid Cree ongoing series, so I'm, I'm with you. Hello, but, uh, now we're talking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you know, if, if, if uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur goes to 100, you'll definitely see a lot more Kid Cree. I like the character a lot. Might, it might even be a safer bet if Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur gets to number 18, you'll see Kid Cree again. Oh, yeah, so really? Kid is, uh, yeah, so Kid Cree is, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, he's, you know, he's not one and done. around every once in a while. Yeah. yeah, and maybe the killer folk, too. So it's funny yeah, because... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's working in the new arc where it's a different guest star and it's more part of the Marvel Universe. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, I think every creator sometimes experiences this where um, I, I really liked... 
you know, and I know Natasha really liked working with the killer folk, you know, uh, and just how goofy it was. But people nine times out of 10, when they come up to us at our table at a convention or they're tweeting us or everything else, you know, nobody wants to talk about the killer folk. They want to talk about Lunella, you know, <laughs> uh, I think with the second arc, it's kind of the same ratio for Kid Cree. And I, I mean, I don't want to look at that as kind of a creative failure, but it's almost like, well, you know, and this is just totally nuts and bolts. You have a new character. You actually have Kid Cree. You have all, you know, he's the smartest person. You have the human angle. You have everything else. And these kind of supporting characters got a lot of ink. And mm-hmm. did they make as big an impact on um, the story? Maybe, they, like I said, I like to say, well, in subtle ways they did. You don't think about it, but they were important. Um, but then now dealing with just, hey, it's, um, we've been out so far. So it's been obviously. Hulk again and uh, Thing Doctor and Doctor Strange has been announced and we're gonna have uh, Ironheart. Ironheart. Yeah. Yep. So, oh my God. so yeah. Much fun. So it's almost like, well, man, I, I really like Kid Cree and I really like the Killer Folk, but you know, is 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 that what people want, or do you need more room for Lunella and her parents and Eduardo and Zoe and all the other ones? So it's kind of like a balance that we're we're looking to get. But that being said, yeah, I mean, I, I love I love to work out. I I I feel comfortable saying this because. My favorite part of Cosmic Cooties is every scene that Melvar is in. You know what I mean? <laughs> my favorite, my favorite part of um, of uh, uh, the first arc is is yeah, yeah exactly yeah. It, it is is them coming out of the subway dressed <laughs> dressed in their bling. That's, this, this, <laughs> that's, that's, what, yeah, that's the one that got me this, in trouble. This, this, yeah, yeah, exactly. This is a material world. They learned it pretty quick that you know because they're, they're they're savages. They don't care. You know. So it's like, oh, if we have things, we're important. So they, so they immediately acquire things. Um, yeah, I mean, I love that stuff. But you know, I, and, I, and, I, and, and there are certainly a lot of fans uh, like you who say, oh, I, li- I like it too, so it's good. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know that's always appreciated. And you, and, you, and you run the risk of falling too in love with that stuff to the detriment of kind of the basic story sometimes. So, well, I certainly have. So yes, more this. Kid Cree, but not too much more. Yeah. On that same note, and I know you've got a lot of guest stars lined up, but um, I know that the, the three of us, Seren and, and Adam and I, are just chomping at the bit to see Lunella meet some of the other Inhumans. Um, uh, specifically, who do we have to bribe to get a Lunella meets Luna story? Oh God, I would pay for that so much, you have no idea. They're like the same age, it would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah well it's Which... funny because... You know, Lunella was originally Luna Lafayette, and I, you know, it was, and I, and I knew that there was, you know, the Quicksilver, um, you know, Quicksilver's daughter, and then right, it's Quicksilver and um, Crystal, Crystal, like Krista, Crystal, um, daughter, and I didn't even know if she was in continuity at the time when I was kind of doing it. It was because, and this was, uh, you know, we had been developing Moon Girl for more than a year before it actually came out, so this is um, before. It was like during the kind of wrap up of all the new and human stuff. Um, so we had to change. So even at the time, like, oh, I don't know. We, you know, we might have to change her name because there is another Luna. So then it became Lunella. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, so no plans yet. But uh, again, if we, if, we, if we make it to issue 100, it's definitely going to do it. No, I mean, we kind of, we kind of played the, um, you know, we, 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 we did the Ms. Marvel story. You know what I mean? Yeah. As kind of the, the inhuman that she identifies with. And I think you're going to get the story that you want, but it's probably going to be in Secret Warriors or the Inhumans. And that, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not really lined up for us right now. But because I hope Spring's all, Eternal. Yeah. 
Well, you know. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, what would really fascinate me about those two meeting is you have one who doesn't really want to be an inhuman, and then you have one who grew up in Adelan mm-hmm. before it even blew right. up. So I mm-hmm. think just that would right. be a really interesting contrast to play with. Yeah, yeah I mean, like I said, it, it's a, and a lot of that it's kind of out of our hands because there's so much that's going to happen with the status quo coming out of IVX, right? And and and, yeah. and resurrection and the new inhuman stuff that that informs all of that. Yeah, because I believe me, if 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 nobody was touching the inhumans, yeah, she'd be on the blue side of the moon, you know, playing with a, you know, and you'd have Lockjaw <laughs> fighting, you know, Lock, Lockjaw and Devil Dinosaur is what everybody wants to see, you know what I mean? And it's uh-huh. uh, and it would and it makes total sense, but that is has been in such flux. We all, you know, it's almost like you know. It, if we really made an effort to, we could work with them and, and, and I'm sure editorial would be involved in everything else, but we've kind of been doing our own story and that wasn't, you know, one of the practical reasons of having her not identify as an inhuman and not try to go there um, is also because it's, uh, that takes a lot of coordination, uh, which is just, you know, a, a practical reality. So it'll happen. It just, it'll just, you have to wait for the stars to align uh, for, the, for that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of of those matters, as as it must happen, right? That she meets, you know. I know she's off in the alternate world, right? But she has to meet uh, 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 Valeria Richards, right? She has to, she has to, uh, you, uh-huh. know, who's, you, know, who's, you know, with the smartest person, Torch, and everything else. There's a lot of characters <laughs> out there you want to read. Um, the one that we didn't wait on and has, you know, been taking some extra coordination. Is Riri right? It's like, oh, you have to get those, those two together, also. So you yeah. know, we're definitely trying to. You're doing well. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um. You know, now that now that Lunella will be and Devil Dinosaur will be members of the new Secret Warriors. Um, has that adjusted the stories you need to tell? Has that had any impact on the narrative you had plotted out? Not so far. Good. Right, Brandon? I, am I not thinking of something? No, no. It's like I said, it's uh, yeah. She's also gonna be Monsters Unleashed, uh, but that's not not effective. I was just gonna about. ask about that if uh, she was gonna be uh, involved in that with Devil Dinosaur. I yeah. figured that's kind of unavoidable. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty yeah. Sure yeah. She showed. She, I think she showed up on a poster someplace. So I don't. To, I don't feel bad that uh, you know it's not a spoiler. But she'll be a, a a piece of Monsters Unleashed, a piece of IVX, and obviously. Um, coming out of um, Secret Warriors, the post, you know, the new, the new status, the new Inhuman status quo after IBX. Um, I got, I got to tell like, you the, the the part of that I was, I was, I'm most looking yeah. forward. To. Oh, go on, I'm sorry. The part of that I'm. There you go. I'm gonna shut up. I'm just gonna briefly say it's it's like you know it's like you know I only have a seven year old. It's my oldest having a newborn also. So it's still a few years away, but I imagine it's like, you know, your your kids leaving the house. So Lunella now is off. Not other people get to uh, say what she's doing. She's going to be in, in Wasp number, I think, number either at the end of number one and then number two or the end of number two and then number three. So, you know, yeah, it's it's you got to kind of let it go because um, as well, much as. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole point of creating her. It's the whole point of working in Marvel. That's got to be exciting, though, that she's branching out into all those other, all those other lines. Because, yeah, that's that's got to be exciting. Yeah, no, exactly. it's it it definitely. I mean, it says something, you know. I was really that that was kind of the thing, like with Madame Xanadu over at when I was at Vertigo. Um, you know, we brought her back. I mean, she was a character before 
But, you know, as soon as I finished Madame Xanadu, she ended up in the DC New in two different titles, you know. And, uh, I mean, that says something, that they want to reuse it, you know. It makes you feel really proud. And it, it, it also kind of makes, uh, helps the longevity of what you've already created, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, unfortunately, unfortunately for the new 52, she had that, that X boob window. Yeah, I was upset. She had a boob yeah. window. It bothered me. They got rid of, but, but that, that was just like one dress, I hope, but I was still kind of <laughs> lame. Boob windows are an endemic problem across the Marvel DC universe. I think. Yeah, yeah really? Yeah. How many windows. are there? More I think, than I can count. Hmm. I think X Men have a few of them. <laughs> Most of them. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Anyway. Hey, so this year saw uh, Lunella and Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur win the 2006 Glyph Award for Best Female Character. Yeah. Uh, The Glyph Award celebrates uh, black-themed comics, honoring those who have made the greatest contributions in terms of critical and component impact. That's quite an achievement. You guys must have been extremely proud to receive this honor. Oh, it was amazing. Um, yeah, we definitely feel honored. And, um, you know, it was great to go out there. We went out there and watched the um, ceremony. And, uh, no, you definitely felt like, uh, you know, that you're glad that this exists. And, and I know that, you know, Brennan and I have said for years before we started Moon Girl, you know, we ha- we did have another black main character for um our book Halloween Eve and, and we saw the reaction to it. We saw just how invested the fans were and how, you know, we, we got a lot more blurred fans. Um, and it just kind of, you know, became obvious to us that we needed to do this again. You know, I mean, just because it was just like, clearly there was a need and we benefited from it. So even if we were selfish, you know, there would be a good reason to. So, so yeah, it's been nice to be along for the ride. Honestly, I feel like at this point, Moon Girl's got more notoriety than the two of us. So um, it's been fun to kind of see her take off um, and just to be kind of a part of the moment. And uh, it's nice that this sort of thing can be successful these days. And I think that it's a trend that is uh, going upward. So that's good. Yeah. It's, yeah, well, congratulations. That's uh, I, I felt an odd sense of vicarious pride that an inhuman character were yeah. to receive that award. <laughs> <laughs> That's odd, but it is what it is. So okay, in, in the in the current storyline, World's Smartest, uh, which is set to continue this month, um, the story began with the revelation that Lunella may very well be the smartest person on Earth, which yeah. I think is a fantastic idea. I love the concept that in a world where there are geniuses of the caliber of Tony Stark and Dr. Doom and Black Panther. The smartest of the smart is actually a little girl from the Lower East Side with natural hair. Uh, how, how did you guys come up with this? Um, well, uh, that was Brandon. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like sitting here talking, even though Brandon should be answering. Um, that was his idea. Go take it away, Brandon. Yeah, it's, um, you know... I- Listen, I'll, I'll give credit to Greg Pack first, who, who always made it almost like a goofy line with uh, Amadeus Cho that he was the eighth smartest person in the world, right? Because no, he, he's the eighth now. He was the seventh. The seventh smartest person. Yeah, there's, then there were two scales. I could, even from the Hulk editors, I couldn't quite get the story of uh, where he was. 
uh, on the ranking. But right, seventh or eighth. Um, uh, it's it, hysterical. It, it's, he it's keeps a, track of it. It's a, yeah, yeah. It's fun. It's right. It's how petty is somebody that they're the seventh smartest person in the world? Um, but as as fun, and I and I think you know that's very conscious on Greg Pak and all the different people he's worked with uh, with that character. I think that's very conscious on their part. But it's also brilliant because it begs the question: Well, who are the you know who are the six or seven in front of them? Who are the two or three behind that would round out the top ten? And it kind of creates that debate. Not you know, in my mind, I've been a Marvel fan my whole life. It's always been Doctor. Uh, it's always been Reed Richards, Doctor Doom, right? And then is the next one Tony Stark? Uh, is it is it whomever? You know what I mean? Is it, is it right. Bruce Banner? You can kind of go through the whole thing, and that's part of the fun. It's like it's like you know when you're a kid, you love going through the handbook of the Marvel universe and seeing who can lift the most weight and who can uh, you know run the <laughs> fastest. Uh, who's you know it's like you know, it's like Flash versus Superman. Who's going to win? Um, so you have um, in in my mind, I never thought they'd let us do it, right? But uh, you have all you have all new, all different. Um, a lot of times, people. And I think, and I, I don't side with this, but there's a lot of old school fans out there who complain when you have somebody else carry Captain America's shield, right? Or you have somebody else lift up uh, Thor's hammer, and then you and you change the characters a little bit. I said, well, what? Well, you know, if Reed Richards is still as smart as Reed Richards always has been. It doesn't preclude that one day someone's going to be born that's smarter, right? And so, oh, yeah. and so, and 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 the way I kind of uh, you know, thought it would fit in the Marvel universe, and this is all Marvel's decision, ultimately to say yes and then get, and not just say yes, but also get behind it. Yeah. Um, it's it's the the way that I saw it as you know, no one's asking me to run Marvel, right? But the way I saw it as being good for Marvel was it's again, it doesn't change anything about what Reed is or has been. Uh, records are made to be broken, and here's a new character with whom it fits. And it would, and she could kind of use it more. I mean, you know, Reed Richards has the ability to stretch all over the place. He has the Fantastic Four as that he's a member of the team and all the supporting yeah. characters, and he has fifty years of history. Um, the, Reed Richards, being the smartest person in the world, is probably the fourth or fifth note. most interesting thing about. Yeah, it's a side note. It's probably the most fourth or fifth most interesting thing about that character. Um, whereas with Lunella, even though she has a dinosaur, even though she's this, this, it, it, that could really be. Her core, and um, yes. you know, and Marvel and Marvel, uh, uh, you know, agreed to whatever extent that they're that we're doing it now. And um, yeah. like I said, it's been behind it, and it's been great. And I think it sends a great message um, not to just you know the new audiences and the new readers that it reaches out, to, but just that Marvel is a fluid place and that it's always going to be changing and anything can happen. And then you know, um, if, if Lunell is around fifty years from now. Uh, like uh, Reed Richards has been around for 50 years, I think it might be time for someone else to to be a little bit smarter. You know? so, yep. Yeah. I also love that it 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 kind of coalesces the broader Marvel superhero universe with more of a kind of uh, sort of story you might find in a young adult book. You know, like you know <laughs> Jimmy Atomic, the smartest boy in the world, and you know it's just yeah. it, it it really combines those things wonderfully and. Um, I know uh, quite a few uh, younger readers who I pass my issues on to who were overjoyed by this revelation. They oh, loved it. Great, great. Oh, yeah. that's good to hear. My I'm cousin. Uh, to see what happens. 
loves the series as well. When I go to babysit for them, he always asks me for the updated issues, and I'll hand over <laughs> my iPad, and he, he'll sit there and devour them while I chase oh, awesome. children around. So he, he adores it. He loves it. Yeah, you, you know who else? Yeah, you know who loves it the most is Lunella herself. It's funny because, <laughs> you know, it's 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 I, I I didn't I didn't even know it was going to happen when I kind of seeded it. Um, I had the idea, but I didn't have didn't know if they would let, let me do it. But just that when she has her first interaction with um, with the totally awesome Hulk, that it's <laughs> yes. it's 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 like yeah, it's like oh like oh you're seven smarts. I don't care. But, like, deep down, I think she cared. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I wrote it, right? I don't know if that's... Mm-hmm. What no, it, no, it, was, it, it came through. It came through. Yeah, exactly. It's that like, was oh, problem. I don't... You know, yeah, yeah, so... That um, was probably... <coughs> excuse me. Yeah, that that uh, panel in that issue where they're walking down the street, and I told you this guy's on Twitter, but I love that panel because both Lunella and Devil Dinosaur are so smug about it. Oh, in the new <laughs> issue. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, my, that's my favorite. That's, that might replace... It's the uh, the killer pro coming out of the subway, and she, and she literally calls him. And she literally calls him number number eight in that in that panel, right? Just, yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now now it really matters a lot to her because she's just a kid, you know, and, and, and have fun and having fun with it. But um, yeah, it's like you know you have to I think to get the word out, spoil it. You know what I mean? And which we did. Obviously, we said hey. Who's the smartest person in the Marvel Universe? Nope, you don't think it's actually Lunella. So a lot of people are like, oh, she hasn't proven it. And it's true, but that's what this arc is about. And hopefully every issue coming, uh, you know, and every appearance she ever makes uh, for the rest of, uh, you know, Marvel continuity is going to be showing how she's the smartest person. But we, um, you know, Marvel and, and and rightly so, I think, said, no, we have, we have to... We have to say it, you know what I mean? It's not something that we're going to let roll out, and then people can kind of debate and come to that um, thing. It's like, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have the banner box. We'll make it uh, an, an infallible test, and we'll say she's number one. And if you don't believe that she's number one, we'll just keep watching because you're going to see all the stuff she does. So I love it. And I, I, I although it's it's a bit cruel, the 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 curmudgeonly comments that I've received about nah Reed Richards is smarter I've, it's, yeah, exactly. it's, uh, I've gotten some sort of uh, sardonic glee from that oh, well, sorry pal yeah, Reed yeah. Richards is no longer <laughs> yeah. Although, yeah. It's, 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 yeah. So, sometimes you get very contrary I, was, I worked at DC for a while and uh, when I first got to DC I was working on just the, I worked on a lot of special projects and vertigo stuff but I was just in the regular old bad office and you would get people even sometimes in the office, saying Batman would never do that, and you say, "What? He just did it. Here it is. Here it is in the book. Batman did it, so you can't say he would never do it." So going going back to Reed Richards, have you guys been reading a uh, Spider Gwen at all? I have not. Um, yeah, I read a oh. couple, but I don't know. Have what's you seen on. the Earth sixty five Reed Richards? Because I think. Oh. He and Lunella need to meet. And he's mm-hmm. been to the main universe Earth a couple times. He's a 13-year-old kid in a, in a Gwen's universe. Oh. <laughs> and he made an interdimensional portal out of Legos to get... Uh, to get really? Spider- yes, he did. And oh. I, 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 yeah, I did, I did see that now that you say it. Yeah, I did spy that for the Lego uh, reference. But that's the only, the only time I noticed it. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I just 
that, that would be a, and he was actually recently in the uh, Wolverine annual too. I th- he's a fun one that I think Munella down the line in 50 issues mm-hmm. or something could meet because that would be <laughs> funny as anything. Cool. But yeah, I mean, if, if we're throwing out characters we want to see Lunella interact with, <laughs> the one I'm looking forward to the most in Secret Warriors is seeing Lunella interact with Karnak. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I don't know if you're keeping up with uh, Warren Ellis's work on Karnak, um, but he has been turned into this super curmudgeon, nihilistic, wonderful jerk. And the idea of, uh, of the ultimate curmudgeon meeting the flawless intellect is going to be amazing. Um, <laughs> Maybe he'll suffer no, a much bit. That. I, was, I was just talking with uh, uh, Chris Robinson, the assistant editor, yesterday. And he's like, oh, you got to get Karnak into the book. I was like, well, Karnak, that's, that's Secret Warriors. Oh, but you got to do it too because you thought it was so good that you could do two, two books with Lunella and Karnak together. So there, there Great is minds there, think there, alike. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Nice. This could be great. Uh, well, we could think... ask a million more questions, but I'm guessing the two of you want to do something more with your Saturday. <laughs> yeah, um, we're probably. Th- yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us for this podcast, and thank, thank you especially you. for the wonderful tales you've both provided in the pages of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. I think the world of the Inhumans has become a significantly brighter place because of Lunella and Dee Dee's inclusion, and for that alone, you both have our great gratitude. Aww. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. much. Yeah. yeah, thank and you then, so much. If you ever in the UK. Go ahead. <laughs> Also, thank uh, you to everyone who's listened. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. I was just going to say thanks for having us, right? And, yeah. and, but not only having us, but also always supporting the book on Twitter and talking about it uh, and getting people excited and all the inhuman stuff. It's been, uh, it's been, you know, it's it's a cliche all the time. Like, oh, we only do that for the fans and everything else. But seriously, a book like Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur doesn't exist unless there's not just fans, but enthusiastic fans who are talking about it and, and excited by it and willing to kind of share that so the word gets out because a few extra readers make such a difference on, on, a, new, on a new character and, and a kind of, you know what I mean, when it's not X-Men or Spider-Man. So. Yeah, <laughs> true. Well, I already, I already have six editions of BFF for, that I'm giving away for Hanukkah, so oh, also, nice. you, can, you can add that to the pile. Oh, um, thank you. So thanks, everyone, for listening. we got a bunch of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur comic codes to give away. Send us an email with questions or comments. The first five emails get free MGDD codes. Also, stay tuned to our next podcast, in which we'll be discussing Moon Girl's continuing adventures, along with the latest issues of Miss Marvel, Mosaic, and the ongoing Inhumans vs. X-Men crossover thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just and a that- thing that's happening. That email is at com. so if you just want to get us, you can also get us on Twitter at AdelanRising1. Yeah, the, the, the and, email address, do you just want to repeat, repeat that because it was a bit muffled? Yeah, so. it's the show at AdelanRising.com. There's a link on our website to Comicology where you can pick up or download any of the uh, uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur books you've missed out on. I strongly recommend you do so. Yes. Thank you, everyone. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.